Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams, and Merry Christmas. I know this isn't Christmas yet, but you know, we're in the month of December. Christmas is just around the corner, so yay. Merry Christmas to everybody if you happen to listen to this, and I'm probably going to say it a couple more times throughout the course of the next couple weeks. Um, But we have an interesting top 10 for you guys today. In the spirit of the holiday season, in the spirit of Christmas, we are going to be talking about 10 bizarre Christmas characters from all around the world. Chip? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. No, that's cool. I was taking a drink, and it got kind of got one of those air bubbles when that happens oh yeah sorry about that it gets right there at the top of your chest yeah it hurts oh yeah you feel like dying at that point but yeah all right but yeah we're gonna talk about uh some of the most bizarre christmas characters from around the world so as you know christmas is coming and children are writing their letters to father christmas or santa or pere noel depending on where the kids live Right, but but no matter how it seems, or how odd it seems to receive gifts from a jolly fat man on a sleigh pulled by flying reindeer, Santa is not the strangest character who pops up in Christmas folklore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, stories passed from parent to child, and embellished with the telling over the centuries have given us a, an array of frankly bizarre, festive folks. So here are some of the weirdest beasts, demons, and animals who might visit you this Christmas. You want to shoot us off with the first one? I'm kind of scared to now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but we'll go ahead and jump into it because I do think this might be an interesting list. So let's go ahead and knock it in. Um, we're going to first kick it off with the Yule Goat, okay? Now, in Sweden, Father Christmas did not always have a sleigh pulled by reindeer. He was once thought of to ride a festive goat. The Yule Goat may be a descendant of the two goats which Thor used to draw his chariot across the sky. Mm. Okay. Marvel, you might want to get into some of this. Uh, instead of bringing thunder and lightning, however, the Yule Goat helped Santa to bring his presents to good children. Small straw goats are a very popular Christmas decoration in Scandinavia. The, the most famous Yule Goat of all, however, is not something you would hang on your Christmas tree. Not only is it huge, but it has the unfortunate habit of catching fire. Every year in the Swedish town of Gavel, unless that's how that's pronounced, please forgive me if it's wrong, they erect a very large Yule goat, and each year someone sets fire to the goat. In recent years, local officials have tried to stop this arsonist tradition by making the straw used to making the straw that they use in the Yule goat's construction less flammable, putting cameras nearby to catch any attempt and even posting guards. Despite these efforts, the tradition of the Yule Goat Blaze still continues to this day. That one's interesting. Like, I mean, there's different traditions all around the world, you know, but for, I mean, before there were reindeers, there was a flying goat who was the descendant of the two goats that Thor used for his chariot to go across the sky. I mean, Marvel may want to look into that, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, Right. I do find it interesting the 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 idea of the goat, um, 
you know, like like that one. That one's interesting to me. The one thing that is is it like a do you set it on fire because it's like part of the is it is, like, is it like one of those things that just became part of the tradition to set it on fire even though you're not supposed to set it on fire? And if and if that's the case, why do you continue to use straw? Why not use a, a less flammable material other than straw? Or is straw maybe more the traditional way to create it? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, so it's definitely interesting. I, I, uh, I like the, the kind of backstory of, of the, uh, the Norse mythology there with, you know, this being the descendant of the two goats, which Thor used, you know, so there's your Norse mythology. Uh, right. But yeah, like, why do they set it on fire? Uh, that that's very odd yeah so. it is very odd um now there's something else I, I looked it up it actually has a wikipedia article um okay. and there's this there's something called jewel bunking and jewel bunking is a scandinavian christmas tradition between christmas and new year's people wearing masks and costumes going door to door where the neighbors receiving them uh, to attempt their ID who is under disguise. In one version of this, people go from door to door singing Christmas songs, kind of like carolers here in America. After they have okay. sung, they are usually awarded the can with candy, so kind of like mixing Christmas and Halloween together. Another tradition requires that at, at least one person from the visiting household join the band and continue to the next household. So if someone comes to your house and sings a song for you, then you are obligated to join them going to the next house. So it could start with maybe one or two people and then end up going to another one. Um, kind of like you're building the choir in a sense, as you're going to these different places. It sounds, it sounds something like it's interesting. Like I mean, if you ain't got nothing to do on a, on a Thursday or something, it's like, yeah, fuck it, I'll go sing with y'all. Why not? You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, and it says in certain aspects, the custom uh, resembles a modern day tradition of mixing Halloween trick or treating with, you know, the spirit of Christmas. Uh, they often disguise their voices and body uh, language to further the quote unquote masquerade, offering people holiday treats and something to drink as, as a customarity. Uh, once identified, once I'm sorry. Once uh, identities are known and the food is eaten, then they will continue to the next house or go home themselves. Um, and it's and it's something that ties in to the Yule goat as well, um, and that the modern Yule goat in the Nordic uh, countries today, mainly Scandinavia and a couple of others, uh, have the version, and they always that it's made out. It, it's traditionally made out of straw. Um, and it's bound by red ribbon, which is a popular Christmas ornament used around, you know, Christmas trees and things of that nature. Um, right. And uh, it's I'm, I'm looking at other things here. It says it says the connection. <clears throat> excuse me. It says that. It symbolizes at one point, it says a man sized goat figure is known from the 11th century remembrance of uh the massacre of the innocent where it is where it was laid by a man dressed as saint nicholas and saint nicholas has been a symbol of his control over the devil so that the devil could not harm 
you know, the, the, it's, it's, it's very interesting read. If you want to look at it, it's very, very interesting. Um, anybody who wants to just look up Yule goat on Wikipedia or YouTube or YouTube or Facebook or, or whatever, whatever social media platforms or any, uh, uh, search engines, you want to look it up. It's a very interesting read. I'm looking at the one on Wikipedia though. That being said though, we're going to move from the Yule goat to this very next one. You got it, Bubba? Yes. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Fra Prochetta. All right. And this is uh, in parts of the German and Austrian Alps, roams a terrifying character who can be either somewhat friendly or brutally mean. Fra Prochetta may have her origins in the pagan religions, which dominated the area before the coming of Christianity but she has maintained a role in the modern world and that role is horrific. Fra Prochetta is often shown as a crone with an animalistic face and a long robe. Below the robe, she keeps children, or I'm children. She keeps hidden her sharp knife. Fra Prochetta tours homes during the 12 days of Christmas. If she finds a child who has been well-behaved, then she may feel inclined to leave him a small gift. If she discovers a naughty child, then she gets out her knife. What? <laughs> yeah. How That's does... weird. Yeah. How does Prochetta judge the naughtiness of a child? She looks at your spinning. If you have not spun all of your wool or flax into yarn by the end of the twelfth night, then Fra Prochetta will disembowel you with her knife. Having pulled out your innards, she will stuff you with straw and sew you back up. Gives a different meaning to feeling stuffed after your Christmas dinner, doesn't it? Man, fuck that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is, I mean... This sounds a lot like uh, La Rona, uh, the uh, the lady who's like, you know, the story you tell your kids that to, to make them behave or whatever. Like, it sounds kind of similar to that, you know, the story of La Rona. The, uh, the Kakui. Uh, well, that, well the, there's a Kakui, but there's also the La Rona. She, it's like, a long time ago, there was a lady who drowned her kids. <laughs> you want me to go get her? Then go to sleep. <laughs> She carpooling with the Kukui, the Chupacabra. <laughs> I'll get them right. all. Yeah. But yeah, this one's this one's very interesting. Um, I mean, it's the fact that she would that she would reward the well-behaved children, but she would in essence kill the bad kids. I mean the naughty kids, disemboweling them. Yes. Uh now you gotta remember this this derived from uh, a pagan religion, but also Aside from the the killing, the disemboweling of the children, is it very much different from from what we we talk about with Santa Claus? You know, there's a, a, a naughtiness, a naughty list and a nice list. If you're nice, if you're on the nice list, you get presents. If you're not on the nice list, you get nothing. I mean, well, you get a lump of coal. I mean, that's <laughs> it's about. I mean. I'd rather get a lump of coal than get a knife in my stomach. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I get it, but it's it, it, you see the similarity there. I do, yes, yes, absolutely. I do see the similarities between them and them and uh, 
um santa claus absolutely that's just it's just it's just it's just weird you know what i mean like it's it's different i don't know and to think that a pagan religion created okay that being said though we're going to move on to the next one and this next one i am going to have a fucked up time pronouncing um (laughs) calicant zariai zario zarioa Cali baby. All right. So the Cali can't Zaroi Zaroi. Okay. Cali can't Zaroi. I'll have to say that the Cali can't Zaroi and spirits like them are found throughout Southeast Europe. These, tra- these, uh, subterranean ghouls are small, black, impish, imp- impish creatures. And, you are only likely to see them during the 12 days of Christmas because they spend the majority of their time in a deep sleep in the center of the earth attempting to destroy the world. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, motherfucker, motherfucker looking like Gollum, but okay. According to the myth, the world is held up by the world tree. Its roots and branches support the earth, and it is... Here that the Calicant Zaroys do their uh, devilry. For most of the year, they attempt to uh, saw down the earth, the world tree. However, when Christmas comes each year, they abandon their hacking down to the earth uh, of the world tree to create havoc on earth. This allows the world tree to heal so that they will never actually destroy the world. To avoid the weakening, the reckoning destruction at your home, you can employ a number of tactics. You might hang the jaws of a pig behind the door. Okay. Like many demons, they cannot avoid counting things. Hang up some flack, and they will get too busy counting the strands to be a nuisance. They, as they like to enter via the chimney. The cozy way to keep them out is with a ro- with a ro- the roaring fire, burning for twelve Christmas days. I mean, wow, <laughs> yeah, this, it's it's that's weird, very very weird. Like they look like every picture that I've seen of them, they look like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. But but oh, okay. No, no, no. I, I know what you're talking about. But something that kind of triggered me there. Go ahead. Um, you said they like to come down the chimney, right? Yes. Yes. Who, who else likes to come down the chimney? Good old St. Nick. Exactly. Have you noticed? Now, now we're only three in, but <clears throat> there are... It, it's It's like... Santa Claus has has been like the story of Santa. They 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 picked you know uh, a little piece from the Yule goat, right? The Yule goat becomes the reindeer. Yeah, uh, Fra Prochetta. Uh, you get the the naughty and nice list, right. and now now with the Calicantazaro, uh, you you get... said it way better than I did. <laughs> Hey, look, I'm just going with it. I may not have even said it right, but <laughs> uh, it sounded good. 
Yep, just uh, roll with it. Just roll with it. <laughs> just rolling with it. Uh, they like to come down the chimney. So it's like we're piecing together uh story of Santa Claus. Right. I'll, I'll be interested to see the next one. Like, where, where do we go? Uh, right. Well, there's also another one. Oh, see, it talks about the thing about the world tree is that it's actually a Greek folklore. Uh, when they talk about the when they talk about this, uh, finally, uh, it says that on it says on the Epiphany, um, which is also known uh, is a Christian feast day that celebrates the uh, revelation of God uh, incarnate as Jesus Christ. Uh, they celebrate it, they celebrate that on January sixth. The sun starts moving away, and they must return underground to stay, or they must they must move under return underground to continue their sawing. They see that during their absence, the world tree has healed itself, and they must start working all over again. This is believed to occur annually. Uh, it says Christmas draws a draws and. They are able to come to the surface. They forget the tree completely. Um, you think they have like a day shift and a night shift, but apparently, <laughs> apparently they don't. Um, but they very, they're very, very strange looking at the period. And there's many different folklore. There's, uh, there, there's a, a Serbian folklore. Um, there's Bulgarian uh, folklore, um, uh, Albanian folklore, especially um, the Albanian folklore. Uh, they they consider them gypsy undead corpses, um, who go around in January laden with chains, and infused with their deadly breath. Uh, also among the, they, they and they hide amongst the the people, in uh, in Albania. Um, that was interesting as well. Um, interestingly enough, they were actually the. Um, the the, uh, the the reference they've been referenced in the Whisperer in Darkness from H.P. Lovecraft, which I think as everybody knows, we've talked about them on the program a couple of times. Yeah, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, the ones who created the uh, the different stories of um, uh, which one was it that he did? I got to scroll down. There was a list of some of his work. Um, it was either Little Mermaid or it was something else. Like, I can't remember exactly off top, offhand. I want to say it was Little Mermaid. Um, but yeah, but in and and other in in other folklore uh, and also Bulgarians, they they do uh, consider them what they call them um, uh, kukuris, which are which is basically a term for goblin, basically. So, oh, so wow. that being said, now that I've ruined the uh, German or ruined the uh, Southeast European language with my way of not saying this, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Uh, all right. Next up, we're gonna talk out talk about La Befana. There you go, La Befana. Uh, so Christmas visitors appear to love entering homes via the chimney. La Befana from Italy is another guest who would probably appreciate it if you swept your chimney on mm-hmm. the night of January fifth. La Befana, a hideous old witch, will descend the chimney. <clears throat> and judge all the children of the home. Expecting her visit, the children all leave socks attached to the mantle. La Bifana finds you have been good, or if La Bifana finds you have been good, she will fill your socks with goodies. If you have been naughty, 
then all you can expect is a lump of coal. Oh, we found it. We found we found another piece of the puzzle. There it is. Uh, the lump it, of coal, yeah. Yep. Uh, it may be that this lump of coal is related to the pagan burning of women uh, to bring in the new year. However... Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out, time out. Burning women to play... Really? Burning yep. women? To bring okay. in the new year. Okay. Yep. Um, however, her name is derived from epiphany the christian feast during which she appears oh okay yep <clears throat> so according to one tradition la Bifana was visited by the wise men on their way to see the infant jesus she oh. offered them hospitality for the night and in the morning they suggested that she join them on their journey to visit the newborn christ she declined Later, changing her mind, she never could find them or Jesus. So now she spends her time giving gifts to all the children in the world. Okay. Huh. Now, yeah. That one's interesting, yeah. that. Uh, now, as with another Christmas character who spends his time distributing gifts and coal, it is traditional to leave out some food and drink for La Befana. The food varies across the, re the regions of Italy, but every house leaves her a glass of wine. Of course, because it's Italy. Exactly. <laughs> Italy's known for their wines. All right, so we have... The cheapest the wine you can find in Italy is like $900 or some shit like that. Right. I don't know. I, that just, I just figured it out. Uh, so, anyway. so, so we have the Yule Goat that becomes... We, we would say there's where the reindeers came from, right? right. Uh, then we had uh, Fra Prochetta, uh, which is where the, the, the naughty and the nice list comes from. Right. I, I, I would say that. I mean, this is just me kind of playing. Uh, trying to just piece everything together. Tr tr trying to piece a puzzle together, right? Right. Uh, Cali Contesario, uh would be where the chimney comes in, right? Right. Uh, now, with La Befania, we get the stockings and the lump of coal. Right. You see where the puzzle's going? I think, I think I'm seeing where the puzzle's going. Uh, the, the, the interesting part about this one for me is that she was visited by the wise men. You know, so, you know, obviously, because, I mean, f just like with other folklore and traditions and, and stuff like that, um, she was known. And, and it says right here in, on her uh, in, in the uh, Wikipedia, she is usually portrayed as a hag riding a broomstick throughout the air wear a, wearing a black shawl and is covered with soot because she enters the children's homes via the chimney. She is often smiling and carrying a bag or hamper with candy gifts and both. Now we normally, and it's not in every picture you see of Santa Claus, but in some pictures of Santa Claus, what is he holding behind his head? What is he carrying behind him? Well, his sack. His sack, right? I bet. And it says right here, it says Christian legends because they, they they do speak of Christian legend in this. It says Christian legend has it that she would like what you said was approached by the biblical magi of the wise men, uh, and a few days before the birth of Christ. Um, and 
it's it's interesting because it says she leaves all the good children can, toys and candy, uh, and it it says caramelly, which is kind of which is caramel, um, and then the bad children get coal or carbone, onions or garlic. I don't, I mean, I don't mind I don't mind a little I don't mind a little garlic every once in a while, you know. Um, but it also says right here it says that according to this telling, Bafana is still searching. After all these years, what what you submitted ago for the newborn Messiah, on the eve of Epiphany, she comes to every house where you know she leaves a gift, blah 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 blah, and it says she still leaves gifts for the young children because the because the the Christ child can be found in all children. That's huh. nice, very nice, and yeah. there have been poems written about her as well. Um, uh, there was one, there was a, there was an Italian poem that I cannot um, read. I can't read Italian or speak it. Um, maybe one day you'll learn. Um, but the English translation to this particular one is: uh, The Bafana comes by night with her shoes all tattered and torn. She comes dressed in the Roman way. Long live the Bafana. Um, and I'm assuming in, uh, I'm assuming in uh, Italian that rhymes or something. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm part Italian, but I can't speak it. I, I want to learn how, but absolutely. Okay. So that being said, let's move on to the very next one on the list. Uh, the next one is called Grela and the Yule Cat. So we got another Yule animal. Uh-huh. All right. In Iceland, there is one of the most blood curdling Christmas characters in the world. Okay, you gave me the fucked up one. Okay. In Iceland, <laughs> there was one of the most blood-curling Christmas characters in the world. A cannibalistic, hideous gigantist named Grela. She also has a fear, fearsome cat. Grela is a troll who has been mentioned in Icelandic folklore since at least the 13th century. At some point, she became more associated with Christmas and has put her nasty talents to festive use. Grela stalks the children of Iceland during the holiday season. If she finds any bad children, she stuffs them in her sack and carries them away to devour later. Oh, wow. As if Grela was not sufficiently wicked, she also has a very bad-tempered Yule Cat. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Um, Jolakaturin. Jolakaturin. That acts as a fashion critic at Christmas. The Yule Cat is a huge beast that looks for children who are not wearing new clothes. This is not because it supports the commercialization of Christmas. In Iceland, children who had who had done all their chores must be given new clothes. Therefore, any child not wearing new clothes must have been naughty and not doing their chores. When the Yule Cat spots a child in old clothes, it eats the poor child. What What the hell, man? What, what the hell is this? All right. Um, that's, a, that's a new one on me, bro. That is a new one on me. How you feeling about this one? Uh, I mean, I'm glad I don't live in Iceland. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I I would have been eaten by this Yule cat several times, <laughs> right? It's it's insane, man. And according to the folklore, um, 
it says now now current day but forget about forget about the folklore for just a second current day uh grayla has the ability to detect children who have been misbehaving year round during christmas time she comes from the mountains to search nearby towns for her meals she leaves her cave hunts children and carries them home in the huge sack what we just what we just talked about she devours the children as her favorite snack her favorite dish is a stew of naughty children for which she has an insatiable appetite. According to legend, there has never been a shortage of food for her. But also according to, for, according to folklore, I'll get that out soon, Grayla has been married three times. Her third husband, Leopold, is said to be living with her in a cave in the Dumaberg Mountains, or Dumaberg Lava Fields, with a large black cat and their sons. Leopold is lazy and mostly stays at home in the cave. Like all fathers, we just stay at home in our lazy boys. Grayla supposedly has dozens of children with her previous husbands, but they are rarely mentioned nowadays. Um, that's interesting. Uh, now, it does talk about um, the Yule Lads and a whole bunch of them. There's like a whole bunch of them here. Um, but in pop culture, she's been talked about um this is grayla and the yule lads appear as central figures in the 2008 holiday special chilling adventures of sabrina which is the more adult version of sabrina the teenage witch that was put out by netflix um okay. yeah um so this one's this one's very very different um very weird i don't know about any cannibalistic stuff Although putting, I mean, taking the, I mean, it all, it, it kind of centers around also the, the, the good kids and the bad kids. Um, I, I do find it interesting that it said that the Yule Cat acts as almost a fashion critic. And it says that it's not because of the support of the commercialization of Christmas, which I think we can all agree in some way, shape or form, whether it be a large amount or a small amount, Christmas is commercialized a little bit, um, if not a lot of bit. Um, and most of the time you see, you know, the toy ads and stuff like that, but you also see clothing ads too. Old Navy has a bunch of Christmas stuff that they do during the holiday seasons deals and, you know, stuff like that. So maybe it's since it's like, you know, maybe pe pe it's, it's a symbol, it's a semblance of maybe giving clothes and things of that nature, like do your chores, you're dirty. So here's brand new clothes so that you can, you know, show everybody that you're a good kid or something. I don't know. Right. Uh, which so. which goes along with uh, the the theory that you you get new clothes on Christmas, you know, right? Yeah. So let's move on to the next one. And I think the next one kind of goes hand in hand with the uh, with the one we just talked about. Matter of fact, it does. Go ahead. <laughs> so next up, we're going to talk about the Yule Lads, right? Yep. At some point, uh, Grala decided that her cat was not sufficiently scary to torment children. So Grayla and her equally monstrous husband produced 13 sons, the Yule, the Yule lads, for each of the 13 days before Christmas. Okay, 13 days of Christmas. I always thought it was 12. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, a child will leave a shoe under the window. When one of the Yule Lads finds the shoe, he will put some sweets inside if the child has been good that day, or a rotten potato if the child has been bad. 
Good Lord. A potato. A rotten potato. A rotten bro. potato. Yes. You ever Jeez. smelled a rotten potato before? Oh, God, yeah. I used to work at Logan Steakhouse. Trust me, I've smelled some rotten potatoes before. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Logan Steakhouse, though. Good Southern chicken. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, the Yule lads are now a mischievous set of boys who will leave small gifts, but they were not always so tame. In 1746, Icelandic parents were banned from scaring their children with stories of the Yule lads, suggesting that these characters used to have more than rotting vegetables in their arsenal. Each of the Yule lads has a name that relates to his obsession. Door mm-hmm. Slammer loves to make noise and chaos by slamming doors. Stubby is a short lad who will steal food from the frying pan. Sausage uh-huh. Sausage Swiper cannot resist stealing sausages. Others have names like Door Sniffer, Spoon Licker, and Window pe- Peeper. Dude, I thought you said window pecker for a second. Wait, I don't even want to know what that is. I, I almost said window pecker, but it, it, it's, it's peeper. Window Get your dick out of the window. Yeah. Oh, uh, so so is this like Snow White and the Dwarves or something? That's I, mean, I was I was I was gonna go there, but I, I didn't know yet. I'm glad you said something first. Because that's what I, I, it kind of reminds me of. It kind of yeah. reminds me like, you know, like I mean, we got Door Slammer and Stubby and Sausage Swiper, a Door Sniffer, Spoon Foot. Licker, Window and, Keeper. One, two, three, four, five, six. six. They're only giving us six. Let's see. What, what uh, can we do? A Foot Tickler. Uh, let's see. Um, booger Blower. I don't, I don't know what else. To do. Uh, All right, here we go. This weird. Okay. Oh, you found it? Yeah, so um, it's on the same damn uh, Wikipedia article that I was looking up. Wow. Okay. No, go ahead. What so, are they? Go ahead. <laughs> just, 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 just read them. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, so, so there's there's Grail of the Mother of the Yule Lads, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, L- Lepo. Leopold Ludi? Leopold. The late, uh, okay. I thought it was Leopold. Never mind. Maybe. Leopold. Uh, there you go. Yeah. The the lazy husband. Yeah. Uh, then there's the Christmas cat, or the Yule cat. All right. Then we have the... The, <laughs> the Yule lads. I'm sorry. Uh, so you, you have Sheepcock Claude. Okay. Gully Gawk. Wait, what? Okay, wait. Sheep Clock Cod. What is that? What is that reference to? Um. So the first Yule Lad comes on the night before the twelfth of December. He is okay. said to he is said to suck milk from sheep and was known for having two wooden feet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, next up is Gully Gawk. The second Yule Lad comes on the night before the 13th of December. He was known to hide in barns and steal the froth of the milk buckets. Then there's, yep, then there's Stubby. The third of the Yule Lads comes on the night before the 14th 
and he was known for being unusually short and for stealing pans so he can eat crust left on them. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Then there's Spoon Liquor. The 4th of the Yule Lads comes on the night before the 15th, known for being tall, thin, and for stealing long wooden spoons to lick them. Oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, then... Oh. Go ahead. Uh, then we have Pot Liquor. Uh, so the 5th of the... Yep, pot liquor. Uh, the fifth of the Yule Lads comes on the night before the 16th, known to steal leftovers from pots, so guard your codfish soup. Yeah, that don't even sound good. Yeah. Uh-uh. Next is bowl liquor. The sixth <laughs> of the Yule Lads comes on the eve of the 17th. Uh, he was known to hide under beds when people would place their... Oscar, which is a plate used for all meals. He then stole the Oscar and ate from it. Uh, I'm beginning to sense a theme here. It's all about stealing with these 13. Right. Uh, so then we have Door Slammer, which comes uh, is the 7th of the Yule Lads, and he comes on the night before the 18th. The loudest one he was known to slam doors, especially during nighttime. Okay. All right. Then we have um, Sky Gobbler. Sky Gobbler. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the eighth of the Yule Lads comes on the night before the 19th. And Sky Gobbler was known for being obsessed with the Icelandic yogurt Sky. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, then we have Sausage Swiper. He's the ninth of the Yule Lads, and he comes on the eve of the 20th, and he's known to hide in the rafters and steal sausages that were being smoked. Okay. Now we have <laughs> now we have Window Peeper, which is the 10th of the Yule Lads that comes on the 21st, probably the creepiest one. He would peek inside people's windows to see if there was anything to steal. So he was almost like a lookout. Like, I look, I ain't going to do shit, but I'll let you guys know they got some shit. <laughs> right. I'm just uh, going to look. I look, but don't touch. <laughs> right. Uh, then we have Doorway Sniffer. The 11th of the Yule Lads comes on the night of the 22nd, known to have an extremely long, large nose and an amazing sense of smell. He uses it to seek out yummy, uh, Lufabraro. Uh now let me see what that is. I think it's bread. It's leaf according to this, it's Icelandic leaf bread. Uh, yeah, okay. That's I thought it was it, yeah, it's a fried dough. Yeah. Okay. It's normally made from making very thin cakes. Yep, fried that there dough. There you go. <laughs> Next up we have Fried that dough right there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, what the fuck did you just say? You trust me. Yeah, drop that dough. Put some powdered sugar and some blueberry syrup on. By God, they'll eat it. Next up, f- we I don't have... even know what you just said. <laughs> Sorry, go it, ahead. It, it don't matter. Just do it. <laughs> uh, next, we have Meat Hook. Okay, he's so the... hardcore. He's hardcore. <laughs> right. 
Uh, the 12th of the Yule Lads comes on the night of the 23rd. And as you can tell by his name, he uses a hook to steal the meat. Mm-hmm. Then we have Candle Stealer. The 13th of the Yule Lads comes on the night before the 24th. The one who followed children to steer their, steal their candles, which used to be edible, made from fat. Okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, candles used to be made out of lard. So there's it's called the, it's, it's yeah it's called tallow is a rendered form of beef and mutton fat primarily made up of triglycerides. Interesting. Yep. You learn a lot on this show, ladies and gentlemen. You learn a lot. <laughs> well, you know, as we say, you're either going to learn something or laugh your tail off. I though I think we've done both tonight. <laughs> this one that that one's very interesting. It 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 does interest me because it's almost like. You know, because they're, you know, the 12 days of Christmas, you know, and things of that nature. Right. Um, you know, and it, they're so weird and obscure and out there. Um, and it, it, I don't know, man. It's, it's just crazy because, I mean, it's it, the, I mean, as far as weirdness goes, as far as bizarre folklore and stuff, this one's definitely up there. That one mixed in with the uh, Grayla and the Yule Cat. They're definitely they're definitely the strangest ones so far that we've talked about. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about is Zawarte Pete. Every year, you can be sure of one fight at Christmas. Is there is Zawarte Parte a racist caricature? Zawarte, I've never heard of this. So, uh. Zerorte Parte is a Dutch tradition in which people will black up their faces, which is why this is the name means Black Pete. Oh, no, they don't. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me, let me finish okay. reading. And take part in parades as helpers of Father Christmas. Needless to say, the changing standards of the modern world have led this tradition being reinterpreted as outrageously racist some defenders of Zartan Parte character say that this dark skin is caused by his climbing in and out of the chimneys those who find him offensive say that the big red lips curly hair and huge gold earrings are classic racist stereotypes of black slaves in recent years the Dutch government has made moves towards getting rid of Zawarte Parte from parades and even the UN has called for Pate to be removed as an outdated relic. The role of the Dutch traders in the slave trade is an aspect of their history that many Dutch people seem unwilling to examine. It seems clear that supporters and Opponents of Zarek Parte will be clashing for many Christmases to come. I've never heard of this before. Basically what it is, it's a bunch of Dutch people doing blackface. In a tradition that is known, you know, to, as we're the helpers of Father Christmas. Um, now, when you think helpers of Father Christmas, what do you think? The elves. 
the elves. They're thinking of the elves. However, very, very, yeah. I mean, looking at the picture, just it's just it's just uncomfortable to look at the picture. Um, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and look and see. Matter of fact, that's the first thing that popped up. Um, yeah, um, it says those portraying the traditional version of this usually put on blackface and colorful Renaissance attire in addition to the curly wigs and bright red lipstick. The character has been increasingly controversial since the, since the early 2010s and, decre- and decreasingly uh, pre- prevalent at multiple medicinal holiday celebrations in the years that have followed. As of 2021, a revised version dubbed uh, Sufa Pute uh, has become more common than the traditional variant in public places in addition to television, specials, films, social media, and advertising. Uh, it features a natural skin tone of an actor playing the character with soot marks created by streaks and dark makeup on their faces. So it went from being blackface to more of like, you know, somebody working in a coal mine or somebody literally going in and out of a chimney. Right. Um, how, are, how how do you feel about this? Uh, well, this is one of those uh ones like like in in the the dutchland area uh, it's it's not like it is here so they don't see that as as being racist or whatnot um right you know uh in 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 the 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 danish uh kind of area the dutch area um they don't they don't see themselves as 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 black or white or or whatnot they're they only see themselves as dutch right um where yeah and and the dutch for those of you who 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 don't know the dutch is dutch is basically a west germaic language and it's it derives from almost western germany it's a kind of a mixture of english and german um Mm -hmm. but the main region when when people say dutch they talk about the Netherlands, which right. and they talk with which they talk about Netherlands, talk about Belgium, they talk about um different places like that. Like my like my ancestries, like my on my mother's side is from I think Holland over in the Netherlands. Like that's where my ancestor on my mother's side comes from. Now my father's side comes from Germany, you know. My father matter of fact my 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 great grandfather was full blooded German and my dad my dad being six five you know himself he said he said that man scared the shit out of him you know so you know because he was like six twelve or something he was big big dude my dad said um <laughs> right but anyway uh continue I, I didn't mean to cut you off like that no, no 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 you're fine um so they they wouldn't see a a, a problem with with black pete uh over there whereas you know here in america obviously uh you look at that and you're like, oh shit, you know? Right, um, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, according to uh, But I, I, I was gonna say I am glad to see, you know, that they, they've kind of changed it up and uh you know everything. Yeah, in, in twenty twelve, uh Amsterdam, I think, were the first ones to kind of denounce everything. And they 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 held like an anti, um, an anti um, 
uh, Zare Partey, uh, like protest and movement and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, it's Amsterdam's like, Amsterdam's probably one of the most progressive of the, uh, of the, uh, of the, uh, Northern, uh, European countries over there. Um, you know, they're very like, there's a, there's a, like the demographic there. It's Amsterdam, Amsterdam is very like, it's like a melting pot almost, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like what it is here in, in the States. Um, they're, they're a little bit, they're a little bit more diverse than the rest of the country where the rest of the country is predominantly white Scandinavian, you know, stuff like that. They, they have a melting pot of a lot of different types of cultures and characters and things of that nature. Um, the, the demographic is, it's wildly, wildly diverse, um, in a sense. Um, in fact, um, the, about 50%, only, only 50% of the country is, um, is a, a, a non uh, it, says, it says non-Hispanic Caucasian and then like I think like this it was 17 percent 70 percent African-American and then a couple of so so they were very well diverse so for them to be the first one to take that step and say hey we don't want to be associated with this it's an oldish it's an it's an old relic from an from an old tradition that we don't normally that we don't celebrate now if you still want to celebrate the the traditions of go, the Santa's helpers coming to help Father Christmas in a chimney and things of that nature, you can do that without going full fledged blackface. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, ironically enough, they threw this in here. It says in 2019, media personality Kim Kardashian described it as disturbing, and the tweet itself got over. Uh, it was look. It was liked like 62 million times by her followers or something like that. And it got it a lot of publicity over here in the states or whatever, um, so, but yeah, um, so I'm yeah, so that's one that I, I'm I, it's it's one Christmas tradition that I'm glad they don't do anymore, or at least they're attempting to not do it. They're 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 putting forth the best effort to try to make sure that this tradition goes away, and right. that, and that's a good thing I think. Yeah, yeah, I 100 think so. Right. Okay, so with that being said, let's move on to the very next one. Next up, we're going to talk about Kaganer. Uh, so what could be more traditional at Christmas than a nativity scene of the infant Jesus? Yes. All the characters are familiar. Mary, Joseph, the wise men, the shepherds, the animals. Yes. Right. Well, right. well in, in Catalina... Though there may be someone lurking whom you did not expect, the Caganeer. Okay. Yeah, the Caganeer, also known as the Defector. No, the Defecator. I'm sorry, the oh, Defecator. What? Yeah, uh, oh, no. just off to the side of the Holy Family will be a figurine explicitly shown with his pants down in the act of pooping. Okay. So, what? Yeah, the, the, the defecator. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. So the origin of the Kaganir is not known, and it, it is at least two hundred years old and started in a farming community. <clears throat> Anyone without a Kaganir in their nativity scene was sure to have had a bad year. One theory is that the Kaganir is a representation of a farmer fertilizing his field. If more personally 
than most agricultural workers. While the original Kaganeer was a farmer, you can purchase modern figurines caught in the act of defecation, which represents a variety of famous people and fictional characters. Should you desire a statue of the Queen of the United Kingdom to add to your Christmas decorations, then you'll be able to find a suitable Kaganeer. Uh, and it's funny because the picture that they, they have up, it, it's got uh, the Pope, the Dalai Lama, Vladimir Putin, uh, Fidel Castro. <laughs> this is uh, fucking stupid. <laughs> um, I mean, every every nativity scene I've ever seen, I've never seen this. You know, I don't know if this is something that they just do. I mean, th this sounds like something that is more of like a joke, like a prop thing that people do. Um like, I don't remember in any nativity scene painted or out, you know, like, because you drive by some churches and you'll see, they'll have like a, a nativity scene outside for Christmas and things of that nature. Not at any point, because I see Mary, I see Joseph, I see the baby Jesus, I see the wise men, I see the shepherd, I see animals. Not at any point did I ever look and say, is there somebody shitting over there in the in the manger? Like, what is it? Never. Not one time. You know what I'm saying? And I've, I've been a, a lover and traditionalist of Christmas forever and a day. I've, I've never. Have you ever heard of this? Ever thought of this? Any? You've ever seen anything like this before? Uh, well, no. But I mean, it's it's not for our culture. This That's is true. Yeah, this is uh from Northern Catalina, uh, right. or, which is is kind of in France. Well, there you go. Oh, uh, so yeah. Shout out to all of our French people. Yeah. Um. We don't discriminate on this podcast. You know, we love everybody. Yes, we do. You know, um, the, the, but see, but I can see like I, I, it's been going around. Matter of fact, it was a picture on Facebook. It, it's going around. Um, it's it's a nativity scene, and the caption above the nativity scene is "My mom's." It, it's it's been like this for three days. My mom still hasn't noticed. And you're looking at it like, hey, what's wrong with the nativity scene? You start looking closer, and then you realize somebody put a, a somebody put a, a toy figure of Yoda in the middle of the in between the wise men and Joseph. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll see it now. I, I've seen a lot of people change out, um, like you know, in some nativity scenes they have like uh, a full grown figurine of jesus somewhere yeah um but i've seen a lot of people change out the full-grown version of jesus with a uh um obi-wan kenobi figure yeah i've seen that too yeah yep i've seen i've seen that too yeah um matter of fact i think i've seen a picture i, I can't find it online but i think it was it was it was a nativity scene, but it was all Star Wars characters. Uh huh. And baby Jesus was baby Yoda. And I was like, yep, oh, oh, it. Yep. Um, the Boba Fett was, uh, I think one of the one of the wise men, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's if it's their tradition to try to like, I guess, bring some levity to Christmas or whatever their tradition is. It's for them, you know. It's it's whatever they want to do. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not a fan of it, but you know, it is what it is. 
That being said, though, let's move on to the next one. This next one's probably the most famous of all the uh, Christmas uh, ones. We're going to talk about Krampus. Krampus is an, is on is undergoing a renaissance, where once the half goat demon was hardly known outside of Central Europe. He can be found now in horror films, novels, and TV programs throughout the English-speaking world. The Feast of St. Nicholas, one of the original sources of Father Christmas, falls on December 6th. The previous night is Krampusnacht, while St. Nicholas visits people to spread cheer and gifts, his counterpart Krampus comes to punish the wicked and even carry away wicked children. His origins predate Christianity and he may be a pagan demon that became incorporated into the, into the Christian tradition. Though the Catholic Church attempted to put down any celebration of Krampus, the festival itself survived. Now in many places, a Krampus run is held during the holiday season. Men dress up as Krampus, run through the streets, armed with bundles of birch birch uh, twigs to beat bad people. One way to ward off the attention of Krampus is to offer him strong alcohol. Sounds like every relative you see at a family reunion. Here, just drink this. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah. So right. obviously you know about Krampus. Um, I think Krampus has been known. What are your thoughts about old Krampy here? I mean, yeah, we we kind of. It's probably the the most well known uh, in you know America, but uh, I mean, there's not really much else to say about it. Uh, but go watch uh, the. Uh, have you seen the movie Krampus? I have not seen the movie Krampus. It, it's it's a horror movie. Uh, I I would I would assume so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so go check it out. It, it's it's pretty. I mean it's it's not great, but it's it's okay. Right. There, there, there's a there, there's been a couple of uh, uh, Krampus themed uh, things. Um, He's also been um, associated with the the boogeyman, yeah. Um, which you know, which which is which you know, which you know, the boogeyman, the kukui, all the different um, ones. Uh, now, he closely now it says that, he, that there's comparisons between him and Saint Nick, um, a a group of closely related figures that accompany Saint Nicholas throughout territories with uh, former um, Holy Roman Empire. Um, I'm looking at it right now, and it does say that uh, is that Krampus was pretty much the counterpart to Saint Nick, um, and he's gotten very, very popular since to, to, since 2013. Um, uh, I'll give you one little one little excerpt here. This was from it says this is discussing the the obsession. With Krampus, uh, the, back in 1975 in a small town of Styria, uh, John Heigenman wrote this about Krampus. He said, "He said the Saint Nicholas festivals we are describing incorporate cultural elements widely distributed in Europe, in some cases going back pre-Christian times. Nicholas himself became popular in Germany around the 11th century." 
the feast dedicated to this patron of children is only one winter occasion in which children are the object of special attention. Others are uh, Martinmas, the Festival of the Innocent, and New Year's Day. Masked, de masked devils acting boisterously and making, nuance, making nuisances of themselves are known in Germany since at least the 16th century, while animals mask, animal masked devils combine dreadful comic uh, antics appearing in medieval church plays. The large literature, much of it by European folklorists, uh, bears to its subject. Austrians in the community we studied are quite aware of the heathen elements uh, being blended with Christian elements as St. Nicholas uh, customs and in other traditions winter ceremonies. They believe Krampus derives from the pagan supernatural who was assimilated to the Christian devil. It says Camp, the Krampus figure persists, and by the 17th century, Krampus was incorporated into Christian winter celebrations by pairing Krampus with Saint Nick. So there you go. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. But I mean, there's a whole a whole damn article about Krampus. Um, obviously, you talked about the film Krampus. Uh, uh, would you say it was uh, 2000? Because a, a movie came out in 2016 called Krampus Unleashed. No, that's not it. This is, uh, this is a little older. I'm not uh, everything I'm looking at. Krampus the Christmas Devil, a directed DVD horror movie from 2013. Uh, this was from 2015. 2015. Okay. Yeah. Um, a, a Christmas horror story. Yes. Okay, a Christmas horror story. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's about Krampus and, and and Santa Claus just fighting each other, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's it's one it's one of those fun watches. Not not great, but you know, definitely, yeah. if you're into that kind of stuff, definitely worth watching. Okay, so. well. I mean, it is one of the things. All right. Well, now that we've talked about Krampus, let's move on to the last one of the night. Again, one I've never heard of before, Ooh. and I'm sure we're fixing to talk about it. So yeah. go ahead, Bubba. Next up, we're going to talk about Marie Laud. Uh, so Marie what, Laud! <laughs> yes. Uh, so what do you get if you take a horse skull and turn up at your neighbor's door? I'm punching him in the face. Get the fuck away from me. Well, I mean, in most countries, you're probably going to get a visit from the police. But in Wales, you get the tradition of Marie Laud. Throughout Britain, there are many ancient traditions of hooded animals being used in parades. Okay? A, okay. A, a reveler hides beneath a cloth with an animal costume above. In Wales, that costume is just a fleshless horse skull. Why? <laughs> At Christmas and New Year's, bands of people will celebrate by leading the Marilod to doors. While these people sing and perform verses, the occupants of the house will respond with witty verses of their own. Often, the quality of the singer's voice is mocked, and both sides are accused of drunkenness. 
if those outside can verbally beat those inside, then the Mori Lod will enter the home and supposedly bring luck, or at least as much luck as a skull on a stick can offer. Bruh. <laughs> what the hell, man? No way. <laughs> I, well, I, we said we were going to talk about some bizarre characters. Definitely bizarre. Um, I found this one thing about him, uh, or about it. Um, it says origins. It says posting the custom to be the survival of some ancient popular rite or ceremony. In 1988, David Jones suggested that its origins were Christian and that it had once been part of the festivities of the Feast of the Ass. Huh? <laughs> the Feast of the Ass was a medieval Christian festival observed on January 14th celebrating the flight into Egypt. It was celebrated primarily in France as a byproduct of Feast of the Fool celebration, the donkey related story in the bible okay uh, oh okay um, okay yeah <laughs> feast of the ass has a whole different connotation if we're not talking about this yes oh dear jesus i'm i'm horrible for thinking this um but anyway it says according to jones idea the mari lord um itself represents the donkey on which mary rode in the story of Christmas. The, okay, that kind of makes sense to me now. Yes. That kind of makes a little bit more sense to me. Yeah. Um, uh, Pate was the original, I'm sorry, was the option that the Murray Lard was, excuse me, no doubt a survival, no doubt a survival of pre Christian traditions that had once been. Uh, spread across Britain and other parts of Europe in which they survived the Christianization of Britain had been uh, renamed Marie Lord in reference to the Virgin Mary during the Middle Ages. He expressed the view that the original custom had been horrific in origin and intent and that from an early date it had been connected to Wasseline. I don't know how the fuck to pronounce that. Um, but it says that it's part. It, it says that the the Mary Lard was part of a wider hooded animal tradition uh, that the uh, folklorist E. C. Calty uh, identified as existing in a different time period of version parts of Britain. Featured common in these customs were the use of a hobby horse in performance of a Christ, uh, of Christmas time. The song was a uh, spoken statement uh, request payment. And it goes into the thing where you can they give you an interpreted dance. You can um, sing with, with the horse and stuff like that. And that creates um, somewhat of a uh, camaraderie between the spirit of, you know, you versus the spirit of the animal that carried Mary and things of that nature. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah. And there's also Welsh customs and there's different other ones like that. This one, I've never heard of this before. Although it does make sense, though, if you're talking about, like, oh, well, this is, you know, if you're talking about, oh, well, this is the horse's head kind of giving an homage to the the goat, or the, I'm sorry, not goat, the, uh, the, the donkey that Mary rode on into Bethlehem to give birth to Christ. So that makes sense, I guess. 
Yeah. Man, I, I gotta tell you. <laughs> well, how? What are your feelings about this one? Uh, man, it's 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 bizarre. I, I will tell you that. Uh, yes, but but it also like now that you get the the backstory and everything, and do a little more digging into the tradition, um, yeah, and everything. So uh, here's one for you: uh, the the Marie Laud. It, it's a term. It, it's believed that that term actually means Holy Mary. Okay. And thus is a reference to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay. So now that, it's, now it's, yeah. it's, it's making more and more sense. Okay. So yeah. Um, yeah. It, once you do some digging and, and, and stuff, then it starts to make more sense. Uh, just as it is, it's very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. It's bizarre. But at the end of the day, if this is the way that people in Wales celebrate, you know, Christmas, celebrate the birth of Christ, celebrate the tradition of, you know, their belief system and things of that nature, you know what, more power to them. If that's how right. they want to believe, then awesome. Um, so, Bubba, we've talked about a lot of crazy shit tonight. Which ones did you find the most interesting? I mean, they were all pretty interesting, but which ones did you think was the most interesting? Uh, yeah, you're right. They were all pretty interesting. Uh, so the, the, the Yule lads was interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that one and, uh, Gryland, so Gryland, the Yule cat and Yule lads, those kind of go hand in hand for me. Uh, so those were both pretty interesting. Yeah, 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 me too. Um, uh Krampus of course but I, I knew a little bit about that uh Kaganir or the the defecator I thought that was that was funny uh <laughs> and then um yeah. you shitting in a manger no that's, that's not funny <laughs> right yeah oh the Mary uh, Lard does and, sound and, like and I mean it's the, a, it's a it's a strange tradition but it's a, it's interesting Right, right. Uh and then the uh Calicantazario. Uh that one was, was interesting. Uh the little golem like elves. The golem looking motherfuckers. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah, what about was, you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right. Um but yeah, I mean yeah, they were all interesting one. Uh um, but yeah, again, I mean, like all the ones you said, obviously, and um, yeah, going going back through them, like it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I thought this was a good good episode, you know, for Christmas and everything. We, we all learned a little something. We all had a little bit of a laugh, and it, and it's great to learn about other cultures, and it's great to learn about others other people's traditions. Not to say that we're going to start taking up some of these traditions but it is interesting to see other people's perspective of a holiday where you want to you know whether you want to celebrate the birth of jesus christ or you want to you know 
celebrate more family, you know, stuff like that, you know, for non-believers, if if it's something else. And many people who believe it's, you know, it's commercialized or whatever it was. I do. And I, and I also like the, I also think that it's interesting that a lot of these stories tie into Santa Claus in a way, you know, cause you got the reindeers with the Yule, uh, goat. You have, um, the, the good list and bad list, uh, you know, the, uh, the, you know, even, even with the stupid shit, like the, um, uh, the, 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 the Zawarte, uh, pate, um, uh, the, 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 about, you know, oh, the helpers of father Christmas, which is talking about the elves. Only these people did it in a very stupid way. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, we got a couple more Christmas episodes lined up for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. And, uh, we look forward to the next one that we're going to bring to you. Uh, Chip, anything you want to say before we bounce out of here this evening? As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of quick shout-outs. Shout-out to our good buddy Sean Thompson, Thompson Personal Training. Uh, go check him out on Facebook to his uh, Thompson Personal Training uh, Facebook page and go check out his pricings and everything like that. Dude's good. He's a good brother. He'll definitely help you out. Uh, Shout-out to our good friends Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. Shout-out to our good buddies uh, Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network. Um, it's, we, we got a lot of cool stuff coming down the pike from Movement Radio. Um, got a lot of cool episodes coming out. I, we promise you guys we are going to give you guys the rock retro. I already had two people this week message me and say, hey, when are you guys going to do that rock retrospective that you guys promised? Like, we, we will get to it. We, we're waiting on a couple of things to happen. We're waiting on right. – we're, we're getting some stuff, you know, together and stuff. We, we just ask you for your patience, and we appreciate we – don't, don't think we, we're, we're ignoring because there's a lot of other things that we have to get to, but we haven't had a chance to get to those certain things yet. So right. just please bear with us. Go ahead, Chip. Well, I, I also um, I, I would like to to wait on um, Roger to to be back on the podcast. He's dealing with some some personal issues right now. Uh, should be back on uh, by the first of the year, um, and then you know then we'll we'll jump back into to doing um, our rap rewinds. Um, our uh you know the the, the rock retrospective of blink 182 uh definitely want to wait on roger for that one because absolutely uh, that was the of, of the three of us his his the band he picked for the poll was the one who won so definitely right uh and you know then we'll have him back for um are you ready for some football uh like i said rap rewind um battle topics battle topics and everything so just yeah, just yeah just bear with us uh be there be there for for us uh you know send roger some get wells and uh you know tell him that you can't wait to to hear him back on movement radio absolutely absolutely uh that being said guys thank you so much for tuning into this episode um we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We're close to 20,000 downloads um, if we're not already there at the moment. Um, that being said, thank you guys so much. We love you. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys next time. Chip, let's hit them with the outro. 
please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos and check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. And I'm Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.